0: Welcome back to the Captive Thoughts Podcast. I am your host, Kyle McCallum, and joining me, as always, all two times. We've done this. Adam Eskerly. Hello. We are uh, leaders and teachers at Freedom Fellowships in Kent, Ohio. And today, we're talking about the hot new documentary, Making the Rounds. What is a woman? What is a woman? It has caused quite the stir on social media. Seems to be what a lot of people are talking about, and uh, we saw it,
1: Adam and I, together a couple days ago, and what did you think of it, Adam? It was better than I expected. I was going into it kind of, uh, you know, I was going to take it with a grain of salt. A bunch of conservatives complaining about, uh, you know, what the cultural cultural shift is going to be, and uh, I was expecting it to be more crass and uh, mocking, but surprisingly it wasn't. It was actually really well done. Yeah, I,
0: uh, I myself to agree with that. You know, the the "What Is a Woman" documentary is done by Matt Walsh. He is a member of the Daily Wire, along with uh, Ben Shapiro. So they are a bunch of conservative talking heads. And uh, I do take that as a Christian minister with a grain of salt, because our political discourse today is quite violent, and uh, you know, I don't I don't like the way. That, I mean, really the, the left and the right talks about each other sometimes. And, um, you know, overly, our overly politicized culture. But uh, this documentary did catch my eye because it is hitting, you know, on a cultural touch point of the day, which is, you know, ideas around gender and sexuality. And, uh, you know, I definitely want to check it out on a, kind of its uh, controversy. But um, Matt Walsh, yeah. So he's a Catholic guy, I believe. Yep. Um but, you know, the whole idea behind the documentary is, you know, at the center of it is asking the question, what is a woman? Because, you know, this is the criticism of the left that they have is that, uh, you know, that question can't be answered. They can't answer that question. Why? Because, well, gender and sexuality is fluid. And so you are whatever you feel. And so you could be a woman if you feel that way as a man, or you could be a man if you feel that way. Um and, you know, at the heart of that discussion, too, is that gender is, according to these folks, um, a social construct. And more than that, it's a Western, um, a Western ideology. How did he put it in the documentary? It's something that uh, they've, I don't remember. Do you remember how he put uh, the gender ideology that, that, today the, the, in the, the West?
1: Uh, the gender constructs are a a Western notion and you won't really see that in other cultures, which he, which he addresses here.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. But yeah, so he goes around uh, talking to various experts and uh, many experts, but also, you know, people on the street to get kind of a general feel for this question. Yeah. What is a woman? And he exposes the gender ideology that's really starting to dominate today. And that's one of the interesting things about the, Documentaries that he exposes uh, how ingrained this new age gender ideology has become in modern day culture, in particular among schools, uh, colleges, but even more so um, these days in uh,
1: public schools. Yeah. And one of the reasons why I was interested in watching it and excited to do so is that this is not just some random political hot point between right and left, but, but it has deeply spiritual implications as we're going to talk about at yes. the end of this podcast, um, because gender and sex and identity and individuality, marriage, the family, all these things are God created, mm-hmm. uh, a focus in the Bible mentioned on pages one and two. Um, and so it, it kind of transcends just, you know, um, just political jabber back and yeah. forth.
0: Yeah, it does. It does transcend that. And it's, you know, what we're also going to talk about is it's a reflection of a postmodern culture, and increasingly postmodern culture, and uh, also, too, we've been using the term a post-truth culture, a truth that increasingly denies the existence of an absolute truth. And so, you know, because truth is relative, it's whatever uh, you make for yourself. So, yeah, if I feel something's true, then it's true. So if I feel I am a woman in my heart, then I am. Um, Truth is relative. And this comes out pretty clearly in documentary, which is, you know, again, I think he does a really good job exposing this. So let's talk a little bit about what's in the documentary. Um, You can see the documentary for yourself on uh, dailywire.com. I I believe you have to become a member there, but uh, they might be making it publicly available um, outside of that. But otherwise, let's talk about what we saw in the documentary, some things that, uh, you know, struck out to us. Yeah.
1: One of the first people that was uh, interviewed was... Uh, a preeminent sex change surgeon mm. based in uh, outside of San Francisco, California. Yeah, this uh, person was themselves is trans, right? Yes, yeah. Uh, Matt Walsh brought that up at, as um, she's a trans woman surgeon, and she made it a point to clarify him that she is a woman, though only, and to kind of getting rid of that word transgender there. But um, she's based outside of San Francisco, California. Um, and what was interesting. Kind of eye-opening hearing her talk um, is the sex change surgeries that she's done specifically on minors, um, and, and it was asked directly to her, you know, in the interview, "Are you okay with this? Would you do it?" Yes, yes. And she has operated as as young as sixteen-year-olds, yes. and she describes it in a graceful way. I think I have a quote here. She alters the physical characteristics of individuals to match their identity, wow. and that is a very uh, euphemistic way of saying. I chain. I, I, I mutilate sixteen-year-olds genitals to create the other sex's genitals for them. Yeah. Um. And, and she goes to describe how they um, look and operate in a similar fashion, which I would have to doubt her on there. Um. But yeah, that, that was a quite eye-opening interview there.
0: Yeah. You know, that's part of what they're doing here in the in the documentary is they they're trying to talk to the quote-unquote experts in this field of you know gender study. Um, and gender fluidity, and so yeah they 're talking to surgeons you know that are doing these sex change operations they 're talking to um they 're talking to like psychiatrists they 're talking to who's that one uh, lady pediatricians Pediatrician, yep. um college professors mm-hmm. uh and so You know, they're doing that to, you know, kind of avoid the criticism, like you're just going after the low hanging fruit, the people, the college students don't know anything. But he's like, I'm talking to the experts and what they're saying and really the religion that they're promoting. And it's quite uh, astonishing. You know, the the documentary is humorous. A lot lot of really funny parts to it, you know, just based on what people say and some of the things that you know covers. But also, I would say predominantly, it's sad, startling, frightening, because, yeah, I mean, you know, like this... Sex Change Surgeon, you know, she's doing this on uh, young, young people, I mean minors. Sure. And gender ideology is uh, dominating, increasingly dominating, coming into ch- kids' classrooms, where you have these LGBT educators coming to public schools and, you know, teaching and indoctr- indoctrinating children on the new gender ideology. Yep. And, and it-
1: sexuality ideology, you know, to kids, you don't you don't know any better, right? Oh yeah. And and one thing I do like about this documentary is I hear a lot of critique about the the culture's way with this from um, people on the right. And so that can be kind of clouded and you know, yeah. what are they really saying, or is it taken off context? But this documentary is great to hear it from the from the source of truth. Yes. I and mean, these people are are professionals speaking their mind, speaking their day to day activities, and I being a well-rounded 30 year old can make up my own you know thoughts yeah. and decisions of like hey this is what I'm this is what I'm hearing
0: yeah and so that, I, I think it's important yeah just to emphasize that that this like like you said it goes beyond political bickering but this transcends that this goes straight to the heart it's a gospel issue and it's a truth issue it's it's a question of truth that's at the heart of this because it goes beyond you know, just people's feelings it, it's it and people's politics, but it goes into qu- philosophical questions and theological questions of what is truth is their truth. Um, so, you know, don't write this documentary off as just, oh, you know, another right-wing you know, thing. Like, again, we're hearing from the horse's mouth and the people propagating a post-truth, post-modern view of uh, sex, gender, and identity. Absolutely. So anyway, yeah, so... You, the sex change surgeon they talked to um they've talked to uh this a pediatrician in particular working with families she's you know she describes herself as a what sex positive uh, sex, affirming. sex affirming yeah pediatrician working with children so what she what, you know describes that she does and uh you know she'll she'll work with children who you know get confused right because You know, these children will be told by, like, their parents, for example, these are the people who are going to the pediatrician because, oh, I need to find a sex offering pediatrician because my child is acting in certain feminine ways. So maybe my boy is actually a little girl. Um, And, you know, this pediatrician describes how she, you know, will bring that out in kids. And, like, maybe you actually are a girl, maybe you actually are a boy. And also talks through some of the medical procedures and things that she will um, prescribe for children to help get them on the road towards, you know, quote unquote, changing their gender. Um, For example, uh, prescribing Lupron, which is a drug used to, uh, in the past, it's been used to chemically castrate adults who, for example, have been convicted of rape. But this is uh, today in our country being used, on children, in an increasing
1: For amount. For puberty blockers. For
0: puberty blockers, exactly. To block puberty.
1: Yeah, she made it sound like you could use puberty blockers. I think she used the analogy of pressing play on your music, or I'm sorry, pressing pause on your music. So you're going through puberty, you give your 12 year old some chemicals, you press pause, and if they ever want to change that, or if they ever want to go back to, you know, if they regret their decision, they want to go back to their biological identity, then just press play again. And their puberty will pick right up where it left off, um, and I, that's exactly what she said. Of an yeah. analogy she used, whereas other people in the documentary said that that is that is not correct at all. Yeah,
0: yeah, absolutely. To uh, you know, pretend like from puberty blockers and a child about to go undergo puberty that does nothing to them. You know, is uh, uh, naive at best, obviously.
1: Yeah, they had some. Uh, they interviewed people on the on the other side of the spectrum too that were also in. You know, professional field of counseling and psychi- uh psychology and stuff. And one of the people, I think it was Jordan Peterson, he makes a point that when you're going in for to get help in counseling or to see a psychologist or whatever, their job is not to affirm you, because the point is, I need help. Something's something's wrong. I I don't feel well. I'm depressed. Um, I need to change something. And so to have these this idea of gender affirming or or really. An idea that anything you say, I'm going to affirm right back. Mm-hmm. And it's, that's, it's not delivering the help that people need.
0: Yeah. And, and again, that goes back to the ideological undercurrent, which is, you know, it's my truth. Truth is relative. And so if I feel a certain way, that is true. It is truth. And so if you, yeah, so you must affirm mm-hmm. my truth. And so, yeah, exactly. There's nothing to help
1: out. Yeah, there's nothing to help out. I don't out. need help. I need affirmed. Exactly.
0: And that's the thing, you know, one of the things that he does a really good job bringing out in this documentary is that, you know, kids don't need affirmed and everything. Uh, kids quite often actually need corrected. Yeah, quite now because they're so easily confused. And, um, you know, just because they think a certain way, uh, you know, doesn't make that true. And it is the parent's role to help to offer correction. And, uh, you know, but it's interesting, too. They bring up cases in particular in Canada. It's getting really bad. Um, you know, laws being put in place that parents can't offer that correction for their child, right? So he talked to one guy who's was taken to court because his child, he had a child, who said a boy. I think it was 13, maybe. 13, yeah, who said, I'm actually uh, a girl. And so he's like, um, no, you're not a girl. You know, let's work through this. And it was the child's mother who pushed to get this child, you know, into, uh, um, you know, taking... Puberty blockers and taking some of these drugs and chemicals to put that stuff on hold. And the father tried to stop it and was, uh, you know, in Canada, you can't do that. So if your child makes a decision about their gender Mm -hmm. and the medical procedures they want, the parent now has no right to go against their child in Canada and you can be prosecuted. And this guy, and he was was prosecuted. And he, you know, I think he had just gotten out of jail by the time he was doing this interview.
1: Yeah, I think he's still on probation as far as I understand. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and that, you know, it's just scary, because that's, the, you know, the government of Canada taking over parental duties from the parent, you know, making decisions for them. Um, but it's all just, so like, you know, it's an extreme example, but it is something that's becoming more prominent, and it's becoming more prominent in America, because this was all something that was kind of laughable, even just a few years ago. You know, even the idea, you know, asking what is a woman, a few years ago, it's like, like what do you mean, What everyone knows what a woman is, are you crazy? Mm-hmm. Um, because like the kind of gender extreme, uh, you know, these extreme ideologies, it was fringe, you know, at best back in the day. But today, you know, even just a few years later, you know, you ask people, what is a woman, um, and they can't answer it. And that's what was startling, you know, out of this documentary, he's asking all the psychiatrists or the pediatrician, the surgeon, the college
1: professor. People at the Women's March. People at the Women's
0: that March. Was, was what is a woman? And he uh, either got a lot of people just say, I don't know. Can't answer that. Good question. Don't know. I don't know. Um, or, you know, they try to walk around it and they just refuse to answer the questions. But the guy, he didn't True. get a single answer on that. Um, that, you know, what is, what is a woman? Because if it's something that you can just change, you know, then, you know, it's not anything... Uh concrete, it's not anything absolute. A woman is whatever you think a woman is. Um I remember he I forget who he asked, but he was like, you know, uh what is a woman? And the answer is anyone who decides to identify as a woman. And he's like, anyone who decides to identify as a what?
1: Yeah, and he's I think he said, um, have you have you do you know what a circular argument is? Yeah. <laughs> There's a little bit of sarcasm in the in the document. Right. Not as yeah. much as I expected though. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Right, So uh, there's no, no real definitions there. And again, that's just to underline the fact that this is uh, very modern, very new, um, and it's becoming way more prevalent. I mean, I'm, especially in my own experience in the college campus, this is becoming way more of an indoctrination
1: thing. Uh, yeah, speaking of that, there, there was um, the one professor he interviewed who was a professor of along other things, but one, one of which, which was women's studies. Yeah, and he was the one who who couldn't define what a woman is, which was surprising considering he built a career and living based off that. But yeah, and you know, he was offended because yeah, uh,
0: he brought up truth. Told him, I just want to know the truth. And the professor said that's transphobic. Yes, and I'm going to end this interview right now if you say that
1: word again. Yeah, so he was what, very truth? angry yeah. about just that literal, literally just that one word. Um, which see, what what you see the the outworking of the postmodern culture. Of, yes, of how you mentioned, you know, a few years ago. People had it had more of a philosophical thought. It was, it was more of a thought experiment of postmodern things. And now, and we would say then, there's no way you could actually live that out, though. Ha ha ha! And you'd be like, Yeah, we can't. But now we're seeing people live this out. Like, you can actually make a real living at a real university, not being able to define these things, even yes. though it's your expertise. And and just driving away. Any even the word truth. I don't mm-hmm. want to hear that word in this interview, or I'm done. Yeah, that's what you have—a culture that
0: abandons truth and embraces relativity. Um, you know, in this way, you just have a total breakdown of definitions. You have a breakdown in language. You have a breakdown in society because there, you you don't you don't have any categories anymore. And you and and uh, and no wonder people are so confused. No wonder you know the people that embrace this kind of gender ideology or embrace a trans lifestyle. You know, they they are committing suicide at a rate of 40%. I mean, it's absolutely miserable. No wonder children, you know, raised in such environments are more miserable than ever because they're not raised under proper guidance. And they don't have uh, truth, any foundational truth uh, to live by. It's all up to them. You know, like you are your own God. You determined your own world, and your own truth. And so it's just spinning children off into confusion and despair.
1: Yeah, what, uh, what, what kind of hits you? listening to the documentary is that the children and women who are normally considered um, people to protect in society, right? Uh, At least throughout traditionally speaking, um, they're the ones that are getting dominated by this thought, right? Children are being generally mutilated. um, And it doesn't matter if you're going to regret this in five years. Let's go through with it. Women, we can't define you. Um, They they were interviewing women athletes who had their whole careers totally destroyed and ruined because – Trans athletes came in and absolutely dominated and they would describe how not only were they uh, disqualified from, or not only did they not qualify, but they didn't qualify by a long shot, you know, tens of meters from these races that are supposed to be close. Yeah.
0: This is men, um, you know, coming in to dominate the women, you know, and it's just, that's real chauvinism, you know, uh, patriarchy. That's the, that's that's the new version of it. You know, men are going to come in and dominate women. And so, you know, I f- I find this to to be a really harmful ideology for women and children in particular too. I agree with you, um, you know. So and then we'll mention too this uh, the Scott Nugent person they talked to. So yeah. this was a trans a sad story. was a woman, and they showed pictures of her too when she was young. She was pretty, yeah. Uh, but she had gone through a uh, trans uh, uh, surgery, a gender what what do you call that surgery? Um, a sex change operation. Yeah. That's what it is. And, you know, oh, my gosh, you see, you know, she looks like a man. She's got a beard, you know, short hair, all this kind of stuff. But the amazing thing is she had gone through the surgery, you know, a decade ago or more and regrets the decision. And so they were (laughs) interviewing her. And, uh, you know, she had created a new uh, uh, organization. I forget the name of the organization. But it's to, like, basically raise awareness for the fact that, you know, getting – a sex change operation is the one of the worst decisions you can make for yourself. Yeah, that's and she, you know, she just, it really, that is probably the most tragic part of this that she's, you know, sharing her story of, of uh, her regret and just the, the destruction of her life downfall. And she, you know, brings a lot of this research to bear about, you know, the it's, it's uh, seven years um, after a sex change uh, operation is where, the regret kicks in, you know, for a huge percentage of people that undergo yeah. the surgery. It's six to seven years later is where you see that that regret come in like crazy. And there's so many people, you know, who have similar stories to tell. Like, I can't believe I did this. I would reverse this if I could, you know. And yet they're trying to, you know, get un- minors to do this, yeah. these kind of surgeries. And, you know, just she just brings up the point that, you know, the kind of damage we're doing to our children – and the people are doing it themselves by going through this. And the lies they're being told about it, that this will make you happy because you're going to become your true self, you know, are ruining lives. And, you know, the rate at which people are committing suicide and are regretting their decision, uh, you know, years down the, low, down the road.
1: She also had lots sunshine. of research on um, the money, the, you know, following the money behind it. She seemed to be into that and describing how... That's yeah, created uh, a new industry. Yeah, there's there's uh, pedi- pediatricians... Out, uh, hospitals out there that uh, that are making you know seventy grand a pop on these surgeries and, and the and the um, medicine that they're dishing up is expensive. Yeah, but I think what was the saddest part about her story is when she she pulled up her sleeve and she showed the camera her forearm and it was a massive scar, literally the size of her forearm, where they had totally gouged out all of her flesh, fat, and muscle to make genitalia. She didn't yeah. explicitly say that, but that's what she was getting at, um, which is, and she clearly deeply regrets that, and, and it's a pretty um, pretty uh, crazy-looking scar, but um, sad. I mean, yeah. it's just sad that you could, I mean, really, I don't know if you want to get into it now, but just the spiritual issue of that, of faking God's creation, right? God decided in His sovereignty and love to make you a certain way, and so we will now Reverse that creation. We will create our own creation. It's a
0: denial of God. You know that's at the heart of this ideology. It's a God-hating, God-denying ideology. And uh, you know she makes it. She has this quote, which is just phenomenal. She's like, you know, they're they're like militant about their evangelism for gender ideology and uh, LGBTQ all this stuff. And she's like, I didn't stand a chance at thirty or. They, she said, they got me at thirty years old. Your kids don't stand a chance. Yeah, you know, horrifying because it is convincing to a child because it's like you know, don't you want to be loving? Don't you want to be affirming? And you know, I'm affirming you. You are so special and you're so unique. You know, and and uh, and so they're 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 making converts among the youth, among the young. And this is a very young driven <laughs> movement. Um, because they're so naive, you know, and they are the adults that yeah. they're supposed to trust are instead indoctrinating towards uh, falsehood and misery.
1: You know, we grew up in the generation where we were laughing because, you know, ninth place got a trophy and yeah. we had to affirm them for that. It's not nearly as bad. This is not. I want to go back to those times. Exactly. To get a ninth place trophy.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, anyway, um, you know, this is a new thing that's uh, on the rise. Uh, you know, he makes the point too in the documentary like, a lot of these, um, you know, outspoken leaders of this movement, you know, make the case like, no, this has always been the case. You know, and we're just now, like, creating awareness of this. But gender has been fluid throughout history. So he's like, mm. okay, I'll see, I'll go talk. He travels to Africa, talks to this tribe in uh, Nairobi, and uh, you know, and, and brings up some of these questions about can a man become a woman? And they just crack up. They're like, what are you talking about? You're you're so silly. Um, they're like, he's like, do you would. Based on what I've told you, would you want to move to America? And they're like, no, <laughs> never. You know, it's just obvious that this is a, a modern invention that is born as a result of a post-truth, post-modern culture, or reaping the rewards of abandoning truth is, is what it is. So we'll get to the spiritual issues on this. Yeah, the the results of living in a post-truth culture who abandons absolute truth, um, and it's all relative, reaping the the rewards for that, Um and that is a thing. Wherever people argued that gender was relative, that your sexuality, relative, you know, whatever, they too would affirm, you know, and they brought up in the documentary, that truth is relative. Like mm-hmm. that goes hand in hand. Um, you know, that professor of women's studies that he interviewed was very angry that truth was being brought up. Um, and he threatened to end the interview. The pediatrician was asking
1: uh Matt, what, what, what do you mean reality? What reality? And he, and he said the reality that says me and you are sitting in this room together. And she's like, no. And she just kind yeah. of laughs it off Yeah, as a, yeah. as a ridiculous thing to even How can you say that's true? Yeah, exactly.
0: So this is denial of truth. And so I got a passage to bear here, which speaks to this in Romans chapter one, verse 24 through 27. Um And, you know, he really talks about, it's like the ultimate judgment of God The worst he can judge a person, the worst he can punish a person, is by leaving them to their own devices. And so he brings this up in Romans 1, 24. It says, Therefore God gave them over to their lust of their heart, to impurity, to the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves, because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie, and worshipped and served the creature rather than the Creator, who is blessed forever. For this reason, God gave them up to dishonorable passions, for their women exchanged natural relations for those that are contrary to nature. And the men likewise gave up natural relations with women and were consumed with passion for one another, men committing shameless acts with men and receiving in in themselves the due penalty for that error. I mean, it's such an amazing description of the reality we're seeing today, that as people give over to themselves that I am my own God, uh, I form my own reality, my own truth, you know, and uh, I'm going to do whatever I want, whatever I feel. You know they receive in themselves the due penalty for their error. You know that that comes with serious damage and destruction. You know the people that give themselves over to this lifestyle that embrace this you know God denying ideology ruin their lives. And so that's really the worst thing that God could do to a person is okay you go ahead and be your own God then, um, and rule yourself. And uh, you know that's it's just the reality of life without God is that you know we we shift over continually towards meaninglessness, nihilism. There is no ultimate meeting, you know, these kind of things. So, you know, for us, I'll say too, one of the alarming things is, you know, how many churches too have really given in to this kind of ideology. You know, these would be the, those uh, uh, theologically liberal churches that want to stay relevant by embracing modern day secular ideas and uh, religion, secular religion. Um, And so many churches today, you know, have really abandoned the Bible's teaching, the truth of the Bible to affirm things like, you know, same-sex marriage and, uh, you know, gender fluidity, and they advertise that. And so it's it's a cultural movement that's infected the church too, and has uh, really hurt the church's witness. And increasingly, as churches... You know refuse to compromise on that you know they're gonna they are and will continue to receive persecution and hate
1: yeah how how do you you know how do we be the light on the hill or um to be in the world and not of the world um and that that is the the balance to walk as as the Corinthian church was having difficulties you know they're coming out of a of the of the savage pagan world of Corinth, and yeah so we but we're gonna plant a church here, we're not gonna leave we're here, and yes. Yet, we have to fight against it coming into the church like we're not going to act like this and we're not going to believe these things anymore. Yes. We have we have Christ. We have our identity in Christ.
0: Yeah, that's really where we, we can fight this is, is yeah, it's within the church. So yeah, obviously you have to save, rescue, you know, the church, that, you know, from from compromising on these issues. Um because, you know, our goal as as Christians is not to go out into the world to you know, preach against you know the the morals, the uh, you know corruption. In that sense, is to preach Christ, right? Because ultimately, when people enter into a relationship with Jesus, and they uh, you know He dwells within them, like their lives start to change from that point. He like it's like the light goes on, right? That um, the lies and stuff I was buying from my culture, are just that lies. Um, and so, introducing Christ to people is really what leads to change and leads, you know, and, and so it's no wonder as people are abandoning God in God's place, they're taking on really uh, insane ideologies that mm-hmm. are inconsistent, don't make any sense It's because they've abandoned God, first and foremost. So what are we called to do? not reshape the morals of the culture, but to bring people to Christ because that's what actually yep. uh, results in change. And so we preach Christ, but within the church, we do, we are called to preach against false teachings and yeah. false ideas. Um, and, you know, not compromise on those things. Also, we need to be rooted in truth. And so, and there is a, you know, a Christian movement in particular that's like, uh, you know, no, you shouldn't be preaching against sin and you shouldn't be talking against sin Um you know, you need to be more tolerant, that kind of thing. But no, we're called to, you know, raise, to bring down, uh, to cast down fortresses of, uh, you know, bad ideas, everything raised against the truth of Christ. You know, we're called to cast down and call out.
1: Yeah. Um, uh, speaking, of, speaking of teaching, too, one area that, that we've been thinking about, especially since we have young kids growing up in this culture, you know, Joy's almost two. What's Diane? Diane is almost three. Oh, three. Okay. Uh, You know, teaching our kids. You know, how can we teach them to be in the world, but not of the world? Um, And one thing that was hitting me was the spiritual aspect of this, where it really does boil down to a new God, a God replacement, or maybe more specifically speaking, an identity replacement. As Christians, we pride ourselves, or maybe humble ourselves, by saying, my identity is in Christ. And so the Bible teaches us: you were an old way; now you're a new way in Christ. You were uh, damned; now you're saved in Christ. Everything is always in Christ. All of our awesome blessings, Ephesians one, is because we're in Christ. And the Bible pulls no punches there. It's you know, it's just straight up says, yeah, you're kind of, you're kind of uh, uh, full of sin and useless here. But don't worry, in Christ, all these awesome things can be yours. Yeah, and the culture. Has replaced that now with, yeah, we don't we don't believe this guy, we don't believe truth, we don't believe Jesus. But we do still need an identity. You know, it's the way God yes. created us of we need to belong to something, we need to have an identity in something. And so how can we teach our kids what to choose? We have to teach our kids that you will need to choose something. That's what part of being a human means is that you need to belong and you, you need to have you need significance. You need significance, exactly. And so are you going to put it in something that is something like sex or is that or something greater like christ
0: yeah that's where a lot of a lot of kids are basically recruited into the lgbt uh mindset i mean they, they're aggressively recruiting new members to to this ideology and they're especially effective with kids you know social media and stuff because you know kids who have access to this stuff are just constantly barra- or under a barrage of this message of you can find something, you can be special you know, because yeah. you go from, you know, just a, you know, cisgender, you know, whatever. Normie. Normie, you know, to actually you can be part of a special marginalized group, sure. you know, and with special privileges there. And uh, you'll be treated specially. And, you know, you can have your own pronouns and your own, you know, everything for yourself. Um, brand new life is just waiting for you to grab onto a life of acceptance and joy and pleasure and um you know, a, a community that's—an re- LGBT community that is ready to embrace you. You know, and that, and that really just speaks to an, an innate desire in yeah, it is. young people. It. It's like they're looking for that, you know. So yep. they're promised all this stuff. To- the problem is it's, it's a false promise. It doesn't deliver, you know. It, it's, instead, it's ruining kids' lives and, and destroying them. Um, what it comes back to is— to, to degrees we've never seen in
1: world history before. Sure. You know? yeah. What it comes back to is one of Satan's methods— of spiritual warfare which would be to counterfeit. And so Satan is offering a counterfeit here with these legitimate things. It's it's legitimate to want uh to want pleasure, to want to be significant, to want to be great, to want to belong, to want to have friends. All legit things. And Satan says, I will give you all of that with this shortcut in this counterfeit way. Close your eyes though, it's gonna be very destructive in seven yeah. to ten years like that like that uh Scott yeah. Nugent was saying. But don't worry, you'll have it here and now. and and you'll get the feeling, the buzz now.
0: Yeah. So the big implication then is for, for, uh, parents that parents, you need to assume your child is being evangelized to every single day because they are, and they're being evangelized into really destructive lifestyles and they're seeking meaning, you know, so for parents, it's not, I'm going to remove them from the world. Like you're talking, you know, like you mentioned already that, you know, we need to be in the world, but not of the world, but it's, you know, having that relationship with your children, like that you're talking to them, engaged with them, understanding, knowing what it is they're hearing and they're seeing, and also, you know, talking against some of these things, making comments about, you know, some of these things, as you're watching a show together, you know, and they're preaching. Like, you can't get away. Any streaming show is going to have this gender message in there somewhere, you know. Um, but so there's countless opportunities to, like, teach. So you got, you're discipling your kids, parents. You need to teach your kids, be relationally involved with them because, You know, if you're not discipling them, someone else is, absolutely. And it's coming from every direction. You know, it has implications, too, just about, you know, access to technology, you know, and, uh, you know, like kids being on their own with their phone, you know, like they're going to get stuff all the time. So at least being aware of what it is they're looking at, having some kind of controls in place for that's a good idea, too. But, you know, really at the heart of it, though, most importantly, is having that open relationship with them that we talk about stuff and I teach you stuff. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we're talking about the culture and, um, you know, I'm not just kind of passively sitting by assuming that they're going to grow up godly people because they're being evangelized too, And that's a huge risk, you know.
1: Yeah. And the, and the last area here maybe we can close on is to remember to teach the truth about who God is. Yes. Um, and this is all comes back to him kind of full circle, because this really is, as we mentioned, um, an attack on on his sovereignty, his love, his creation um, we didn't make up, you know, male and female. It's not a it's not a Western construct. Uh, this male and female is page one of the Bible. It's, yeah. it's God's will that that I, w- I want to create humans, and there's going to be two different types of humans. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so these differences we have, so to, you know, should be celebrated. They should be recognized. Um, how, how can I worship God and, and give Him praise for making me? the way I am, what, yeah. is, what roles does he have in store for me?
0: Yeah, and God's pattern, God's God's design for gender, for sex, is beautiful. And it actually does work, you know, when it's in its proper context. That's the thing. The lies of the culture say God's way is archaic, the Bible's way is archaic, and it doesn't work, and that's old age. But no, that's where uh, things work, where kids come from stable homes, you know, they're, they're way where, where the parents are involved there with them, both parents. You know, each parent engaged in their specific gender role there, it works for the kids and it it leads to their flourishing. Where that's absent, kids, um, you know, suffer and are destroyed. And um, yeah, God has a wonderful, beautiful pattern. Uh, Each, both sexes, you know, are equally, are are celebrated, have equal worth and value, you know, and, but they're different, they're they're distinct, and that's something to celebrate, not uh, decry or lament, you know, it's a wonderful thing. But there's a difference there. Um, and each equally reflect, um, you know, the image of God, you know, men and women both do. And so these are the kind of things we need to be teaching our kids and the truth to be grounded on, but also, you know, helping your child, um, or person you're mentoring or discipling, whoever, you know, and, uh, the identity issues like you're talking about finding their significance, and identity in Christ, where there is absolute truth, um, you know this relativity this you know it's just it's just confusion but with God there's certainty there's truth and uh, he has a pattern for your life he has a way of life that is fulfilling and meaningful uh, and he wants you to be all you can be in him you know and uh so what he has to offer is absolutely tremendous um and so we got to speak against the lies of the culture on that and uh as a church holding on to the truth you know of these of these teachings um and understanding God's design and being willing to teach that even though it could and will, you know, result in hate and persecution. As we've experienced some already, even in our church, and we'll only continue to see that. But we have to be willing to be courageous there and not, uh, you know, give in. So
1: any last thoughts, Adam, on that? No. Yeah, that was, that was a fun time listening to the documentary. And Good. I had a fun time here talking yeah. about
0: it. The documentary is What is a Woman? It's on uh, the DailyWire.com. Uh, Um, So you can check it out there. Otherwise, thanks for tuning in, everyone. See you next time.